up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. We started watching Seinfeld. Oh, welcome to the 90s. Thanks. Uh, you know it's on Netflix, right? Is it now? Yeah, I, it just uh, uh, showed up maybe a month know. or two ago. Okay. Yeah, I've been a little busy, so I haven't, haven't really uh, seen what's on Netflix. New on Netflix these days. But, uh, and I know that I was a 90s kid, but never really got into it. Actually, I don't think we were allowed to watch it when I was a, when I was a young boy. Mostly we just watched a lot of TBN. <laughs> that explains a lot, Phil. Yeah, I figured. So, uh, yeah, what a great show. I mean, I've seen episodes here and there. I knew about it. I'm a big Larry David fan. I think Curb is a fantastic show, but just never went through Seinfeld from start to finish. And Ashley and I just started doing that a few nights ago. And I got to say, that is a fantastic television series. Is it? Okay. I've I've always just had this, this uh, mental idea that everybody likes it, but I think it's boring. But again, I haven't honestly really watched it either. So maybe it's worth giving a shot, Phil. They do say it's the show about nothing. Yeah, yeah. Do they have any Thanksgiving episodes, Phil? Not that we have seen so far, but I'm certain they do because there's a lot of Festivus activities going on for the rest of us. I feel like those, which is kind of like episodic shows back in the day, the sitcoms, they always did like a a holiday thing. So... You should check one of those out today because it's Thanksgiving, Phil, and happy Thanksgiving. And a happy Thanksgiving to you too, Chris. Any big plans other than catching up with me on Seinfeld? Phil, we're just pretty much eating today and getting ready to eat. That's about it. That's all the plans that we have for today. Yeah, got to make room for the trip to fan diet. And we're pretty much doing the same. At least I think so. Well, Phil, in our quick tip this week, you mentioned mashed potatoes and... It got me a little uh, inspired, I think, to dive back into mashed potatoes because I think it's a very humble dish, but I also think it's something that can uh, actually be really pretty stellar. You take the time to give it the recognition that it deserves. 1,000% agree. It can either be kind of a meh dish or it can be, honestly, it can be the best dish on your plate if it's given enough care, enough TLC, enough of what you might give it, Chris. Yeah. You specifically. Yeah. Phil, I don't know what any of those special ingredients might be other than love. You know, mashed Butter. potatoes. Well, yeah, obviously. That, that's that's the love part, Phil. Uh, but mashed potatoes have actually been around for quite a while. I think okay. we think of them as like fairly traditional because they've been around for quite a while. Phil, where 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 did the potato originate? Idaho? Exactly. No, Utah. We? I don't know. <laughs> Idaho. Uh... <laughs> Yes, exactly, Phil. They they did. They they came from South America, oddly enough. So it's not like a European thing, even though mashed potatoes, as we know them, I would say is a fairly like European dish. Okay. Pro- I'm thinking probably. of the times that I've had mashed potatoes in Europe. Oh, I was in Amsterdam and they take their mashed potatoes and they roll them into a ball and then they insert little lumps of meat inside that bowl and then they deep fry it and they call it okay. bitter ballin and it's super good. So is that still mashed potatoes? Not really. It's more of like no. a French fry at that point. 
<laughs> kind of stuff inside. So nothing like a French fry. It's like a sausage stuffed French fry and it works. Okay. Well, it just works. We'll pretend that's the case, Phil. So as, as with most things like actual mashed potatoes, it's very likely a French inspired or, or French propagated dish. The potato did come from South America and, you know, South America was kind of explored and conquered slash ravaged by Spanish explorers. However, you want to, you know, take your history in like the 1500s ish. And I think that's when the potato itself came back to Europe and people were like a little weirded out by it. It might have been slightly poisonous at the time oh, no. and probably tasted horrible and it was small and hard, really, really bitter. But we've talked about this whole selective breeding thing. And now we have a potato that's, you know, a lot, a lot more palatable. Yay for eugenics. Yeah. It wasn't until kind of the mid 1700s when they were actually literally still thinking that potatoes could give you leprosy that people started to actually try them and realize that they were okay. Who was the guy or girl who had to try it the first time? It was it was like shortly thereafter in in the 1700s, the 18th century, that a book called The Art of Cookery by Hannah Glass, I want to say, came out. And in it, 300 years ago, Phil, there is a recipe for mashed potatoes that's pretty much the same as the mashed potatoes that we eat today. It's potatoes, milk, butter, salt. And garlic? Potatoes, milk, butter, salt. <laughs> no garlic? Okay, oh, yeah. I'm on the garlic, Phil. I know, I know, I know you brought it up and that was the inspiration for this whole entire episode, Phil, but I can kind of go either way on the garlic. It's to me, it's the marriage of like that starchy potato and the fat in your butter and milk. That's when you what get about, a good mashed potato. What about ground nutmeg? Uh, Did Hannah put any ground nutmeg in her mashed potatoes 300 years ago? Oh yeah. That's, that's how it's always been made, Phil. Always. Always been made that way. Not the worst ingredient, just saying. Yeah, people people have obviously screwed around with the recipe, Phil, over the years. And I don't know, the results might be better or worse, Phil. I'm not making any judgments here. The core recipe of mashed potatoes has always been the same. It's, it's that marriage of uh, that starchy goodness and fat. And if you've never made mashed potatoes, Phil, like how, how would you describe the process to somebody? Just a generic mashed potato recipe. Okay, off the cuff, because the thing about mashed potatoes is I don't even think you really have to follow a recipe. I think it's just like, just keep adding fat and keep adding dairy and eventually you're going to have something that tastes good. So I would, uh, well, would I peel the mashed potato? Would I peel the potatoes before? Uh, well, sure. We'll say, we'll say skin off. You can do skin on, skin off. doesn't matter. Peel the mashed potatoes, chop them into either quarters or eighths, and then boil the mother out of them and drain the water mash them up and start adding your fat until yeah, it tastes I mean, good. That's that's pretty that's pretty pretty much it. And kind of with, with that in mind, Phil, I I have I have two two different takes for you on the mashed potato process. Okay? Okay. Okay, I'm guessing All one right. of them is like probably some fancy French al dente. Yeah, exactly. Al dente mashed potatoes from France. Uh no, it, it it is it is actually a French a French way of going about it. And it it is a little bit more potentially labor intensive, you know, but you get a highly refined result. And, you know, the the French, they tend to really actually like puree 
their potatoes, like a potato puree. And in order to do that, you're not necessarily just taking those boiled potatoes and busting out that old wire masher and mashing them. They're going to be pushed through some type of fine mesh. So like a tammy or a sieve of some sort, like potato rice or something that has, I don't know, like, like, like you, you, you know what a a, a Tammy is or a Civ. I don't know what's yeah, going yeah. on over there. Everybody, everybody knows what a Tammy is. Uh, I don't know if this is going to make it into the recording or not, but we have a visitor. Uh, hello, Bridget. <laughs> oh, it's so dark. I can't see her. Yeah. Well, say hi to Bridget for me. Hey, sweetie. I'm in the middle of a recording. Do you need something? What's wrong? Here, come here. Come here. You going to say hi to Chris? She obviously can't hear you. I know. Um, do you want to go crawl in bed with mommy? Yeah? Okay. Why don't you go crawl in bed with mom and I'll be up in, in a bit to tuck you in, okay? That was a first. That's perfect. I know of. I've always been in my closet. With the door locked. She's always like, well, clearly nobody's down here. <laughs> I can't even imagine what she thought of when she walked downstairs and saw my tent. <laughs> Dad's in a With a, a tent. computer, a microphone, and a glass of whiskey. Everybody needs their special time, Phil. It's okay. okay. This is how I unload. This is how I decompress the day. You should rephrase that. What happens in the tent stays in the tent. Yeah, so like I said, something that's going to have a fine mesh. And so when you press those chunks of potatoes throughout, it becomes fine itself. Okay. You know, you're left with something that's really, really fine. No chunks. So It's getting, yeah, getting so, uh, so, creamy here. Not creamy. So it's you're getting just like running smooth. it through some sort of filter. Kind and the of. result is like a, a refined mashed potatoes. Yeah, you're just, you're, instead of like cutting it in chunks or smashing it into chunks, yes, you are running it through a lot of little tiny wire blades. We'll pretend that's it. I mean, like, would a food processor work? Not necessarily the same way. What about a magic bullet? Not necessarily the same way. Like, what if you just wanted to make a smoothie and you didn't have any kale? But you have to try it, Phil. Actually, you should make a Thanksgiving smoothie this morning or in two days when this episode actually releases because today's not Thanksgiving. But it's Thanksgiving when you're listening. But I'm adding nutmeg. Okay. You can have your nutmeg potato smoothie. But yeah, no, not necessarily. The interesting difference in this process, even though to really like process all of the potato chunks through that, that fine mesh refinement tool, whatever you have at hand that you're using might, might take a little bit longer. What you're avoiding is the overworking of the potatoes. And it's kind of that overworking of the potatoes that, uh, you know, in, in, in case you didn't know, Phil, potatoes are very starchy. I heard that someplace. Yeah. yeah. Probably on dad's kitchen. Probably. So if you overwork those potatoes, that starch really comes out and you get kind of sticky, gluey mashed potato. So that's kind of one of the things that you're going for here. You're going for with this method, uh, a potato puree that is a very, very smooth, very light texture, but it, it maintains that lightness because it's not overworked. It's not smashed. It's not like beaten. So in a way, like you can, you can almost think of it like kind of like dough. You're not wanting to overdevelop that gluten, except in potatoes, it would be overdeveloping that starch. Oh, that's super fascinating. And as you're yeah. saying this, I'm just like thinking back to all the times that I've had a gluey, doughy mashed potatoes, like tonight, for example, with dinner and or two nights ago, whenever. But yeah, this is like, wow, like my world's opening up. Did you ever read the book, The Giver? I feel like you're the giver and I'm the little boy. And now I'm like understanding the world around me. <laughs> this makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So no kidding. There, there's a good, there's a good uh, concept there that I, I think is 
one of the key elements to making a fantastic mashed potato. And then the second is is what comes next, Phil. It's the introduction of the fat. The best part, the butter. And so it was actually when I was reading a recipe by Thomas Keller for a potato puree that he talked about it being an emulsion and something kind of clicked a little bit for me. And we've talked about emulsions, Phil. It's kind of this incorporation of two things that really don't want to incorporate. So, you know, oftentimes we've, we've talked about salad dressing. So you have a fat and an oil and you kind of have a similar thing going on eventually with your mashed potatoes. You're adding fat to the point that you achieve this delicate balance of maintaining that emulsified characteristic of your mashed potatoes. And it's easy to, it's easy to go over and you can see it start to break down and things get oily if you add too much butter, milk, cream, but it's always easy to save if that's the case. You can, for an emulsion, you can apply heat and that's going to help things integrate a little bit better. With your mashed potato emulsion, you can actually add a little bit of hot water and that's going to start to allow the the butter and your, your cream to integrate into that mashed potato mixture a little bit better. But for that like really creamy, highly refined, luxurious like potato puree, the idea is to add butter and cream till you hit that point. You're just right before that emulsion starts to break down. And, and oftentimes that almost looks like a... Somewhere around like at least like a three to one potato to fat ratio. Maybe you can get it to like a two to one if you really want to push it. All that checks out. I have no retort. And for me, like we don't have mashed potatoes very often. So it's the type of thing that it kind of feels like you can splurge a little bit when you do it. Yeah. If you're only having it every now and again, just go for it. Yeah. So maybe that's why I like I'm a little more, a little more apt to just throw sticks upon sticks of butter at my mashed potatoes which makes them amazing because we only have yeah like i mean that's really the once best a way. year i <laughs> mean for thanksgiving us, yeah well okay maybe twice a year maybe thanksgiving and christmas three times throw easter in there. i thought you were gonna say thanksgiving and your birthday ah uh, that might need to be a new tradition well i i'm really <laughs> curious about this i do have one thought though what if what if you've worked so hard at emulsifying that butter into the starch and you're very proud of the finished product and then you serve it to your guests and then they and then they take a little slab of butter and then just like plop it on there and then it just like starts to melt and then you're like well now you can't see how beautiful my emulsion was no that's probably fine because it can never have too much butter fill yeah the process of this this highly refined french style of a potato puree where you're you're skinning the potatoes and oh we didn't even talk about the type of potatoes phil do you have a preference i don't think i really know the difference i think i usually just grab what's on sale yeah. And russet yeah. are often like you get more per potato versus like a red. Yeah. Yeah. Russets are great. And so are Yukon Gold, I feel like, Phil. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good potato. It is. And I would say that based on a New York Times cooking recommendation, a 50 50 split of the two might be the best of both worlds. And New York Times cooking doesn't make any mistakes. Don't. So that's like pretty much our Bible. So you have this, this whole intensive process of taking two different types of potatoes and peeling them and boiling them and maybe cutting them into chunks halfway in between because you should probably cut them into chunks before you start to boil them because they take forever to boil and they don't cook entirely evenly if you don't cut them into chunks. And then passing them through the sieve, which can take a while, Phil. If you don't have that much time, do you pull out the instant mashed potatoes? 
I'm sorry, I don't. So then what do you I do? Know, I'm a bad person. I make the make them wait. Say dinner is not ready. Okay. You will sit and you will wait. Okay, one quick thought. You mentioned like an even cook or an even boil throughout your potatoes. If you cube them and they're all the same size, you're probably not going to run into that problem. Whereas if you have some that are quite small and some that are quite large, that's when you might overboil some and not the others. And so, yeah, just like a, a good rule of thumb, like yeah. have even cuts and then you're not going to end up with some that are al dente, you know, like France, like yep. that French. So if you're trying to avoid your French al dente, cube your potatoes evenly and definitely do not boil them whole. And that's, that's where you really run into the issues of uneven cooking is if you try and boil your potatoes whole, you should be cubing them, I think is the, the big takeaway there. Cube them evenly, Phil. So if you don't have the time and obviously... We're like you, and we're not going to make our guests suffer through instant mashed potatoes. Kind of what do you do at that point? Well, I, I, think, I, just, I think I just told you. Okay. Because well, the turkey's going to be dry anyways, so it doesn't matter if that sits. There's a better option instead of letting your turkey dry out. you got to turn to our maybe best friend in the whole entire world, David Chang. Best oh, imaginary friend. Okay, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've been following his his goings on over the past couple of years. Couple of years, wow, COVID has, has been going on for that long. Uh, through COVID, he started cooking at home, which inspired a book called, I want to say, Cooking at Home. That he Naturally. co-wrote with Priya Krishna. And oh, Priya. he really embraced the microwave over this season of cooking at home, Phil. And he has a fantastic recipe for cooking mashed potatoes in the microwave. And it really doesn't suck. He thinks of his microwave as basically like the ultimate steamer. Because that's kind of sure. what you're doing. is like you're you're heating all of the, the water content inside your food to heat the food itself. And... If you take your potatoes, say you have like 15 minutes before you need to eat, you can start your mashed potatoes then, Phil. You can cube up your potatoes, throw them in the microwave for about seven to eight minutes. And in the same microwave safe bowl, obviously, because, you know, microwaves in metal or plastic for that matter. That can get messy. In that same microwave safe. It can bowl, also poison you. Yeah, it the could. The plastic that is. After you've boiled those potatoes, more or less you know, steamed them, I guess, technically. After you've steamed those potatoes, you take it out, you can mash them real quick, throw your butter and seasonings in right then and there, and take it straight to the table. I'm game. I see no problem with that. I mean, David's amazing, Priya's amazing, and Chris, you're amazing. So thanks for bringing us this lovely little tip on mashed potatoes. Okay, hot take. Skin on, skin off. I think I used to like skin on and chunky, but as I've gotten older, I like it skin off and obviously buttery. Yeah, because France. Yeah, yeah. And we'll obviously have a link for these lovely David Chang mashed potatoes and his wonderful new cookbook with Priya in our show notes, which you can find by going to Dad's Kitchen Co. You should have kept Bridget around and had her do the social plug. She's still down here. She's sitting on the couch over there. I think she's mad at me for not paying her any attention. Yeah, that's, that's what Dad's Kitchen is all about. 